Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated, and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malk, and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as, I say things at weddings into microphones and make husbands and wives out of brides and grooms. Humans and Twitter is their stories in their words, in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's edition to the Humans of Twitter list, Josh Withers. I also make them kiss, which is something that just couldn't fit in the bio. I'm all about making people kiss. Josh, in social settings, how do you introduce yourself? <laughs> I make people kiss and give each other jewelry. I'm a marriage celebrant. What in 2015 does that mean? Um, it, it, and don't get confused because some people hear that and they're like, oh, you're marriage celibate. Like, that must be really depressing for your wife. Um, I'm not celibate, I'm celebrant. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, I literally, as my bio says, I stand in front of people and I, uh, I make them husbands and wives. Now that's, uh, uh, I can't say not a traditional job because it is. People have been getting married for a long time. But as a, as a career, it's brand new. It's, uh, so in 1961, the laws passed that allowed me to do that. Um, and then about well, 10-ish years later, they appointed the first civil celebrant. And between then and now, we've grown from zero, well, one, two. Um, now there's 8,900. We peaked at around 12,000 a few years ago, and then they did a few legal things and made more people become not want to be celebrants. <laughs> you obviously enjoy being a celebrant. What is the, what is the key interest for you? I, um, I really do believe that ex- amplifying the good things in the world is, is just as effective as, as kind of softening or dampening the yucky things in the world. Um, I remember years ago when I was first taught to do front of house sound for like bands and concerts and music. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was about to go on tour with a volleyball championship that was doing the national tour. And, and, uh, and they, before they, like they'd employ me, but before I went, they wanted me to do some training with the sound guy just to make sure that I could like triple do it. And, uh, and the guy that taught me um, completely changed my world on how to do EQ for sound. So I was taught to, like, if there was a yucky sound, so if there was, like, ah, or something kind of weird sound in the, that you would, on the on the graphic EQ, that you would turn that down um, so that less of that sound would get through. And he taught me, saying, you could do that, or you could find the good frequencies and amplify that. And so that's kind of like a bit of a, it's a thing that I kind of carry through life. And as a marriage celebrant, I I kind of see myself as amplifying the good, the fact that two people have kind of searched the whole planet and across the whole you know, six billion or so people, we've found this one person that I hate the least, and I want to spend the rest of my life with them. And I think that's really cool. And so, I don't so much subscribe to the tradition of weddings and marriage. I, I, I fairly frequently blog about how much I dislike wedding tradition, but I think getting married is good, and I want to celebrate that. What parts of your life do you like to be amplified? I um, I like getting off planes into places that I haven't been to before, so I like to amplify that. I think I think some people call that travel, um, but more so I like spending it with my favourite people. And there's there's a few of those. Like you know, I've got my wife Britt, mm-hmm. um, she's pretty cool, and and I've got a few friends, and they're those moments that I like to amplify. Like just hanging out with people and experiencing all the goodness they've got going on in their life. Are you the kind of person that has lots of good friends? <laughs> or 
the person that has two or three or four close friends? I um so before I was a marriage Sullivan, I worked in the radio forever, and uh, and as a result of that, you walk away with a million best mates, yeah. um, and <laughs> all these you know, good mates, good mates. It's a it's a joke with my wife that that uh, like I'll see someone like just on the way here this morning, I saw a friend of mine, Andy Reid, and like, he's a good mate. Like we haven't seen each other in five years. Good mate though, and he is because he's a good guy. I like him. Like I know that. You know, He's a good guy, um, so so from that uh, from that world of radio, like I've walked away with hundreds of thousands of good mates, um, but I uh, I know that I, there's probably I don't know five six seven like I'm sure if you start counting like oh you eight nine ten I don't know but a handful of people that like they're the, like if I'm having a crap day or if um if I need help mm-hmm. or like if I and not just help like hey I need to solve this puzzle but like hey I need help yeah I. I have a truck on me. Can you help me get the truck off me? Um, that there's there's a small group of people that I call, and so I've probably got a small group of mates, but a hundred thousand good mates, and and that's the joke with my wife is um, when we were planning our wedding, the guest list grew out to hundreds, <laughs> and she goes, "Do you really know these guys?" I'm like, yeah, he's my good mate. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that that's my conundrum. But doesn't every guy have that? Some some do. So like some. People have different approaches to friendship. Yeah. And and that's what I guess I was, I was trying to explore with that. Do you find in, in those relationships that you want to cultivate, that you want to have as friendships, that the rather unique nature of your job makes that more difficult? Well, yeah, so... I suppose for those that don't really get that question, if you ever want to see me on a Saturday, you you just won't. Like even breakfast is hard. Um, this past Saturday, I think I was I left home at uh, five thirty a.m. and I got home at around ten thirty p.m. That's and that's a that's a normal Saturday for me. Um, that's a work day though. That's a work it? day, yeah. Because Saturday is my work day. But for most of the world, Saturday is like we are going to the beach or to a restaurant or a cafe or having that party or that birthday party or whatever. So. Um, so yeah, it, it it is really hard to cultivate those relationships. But then come Monday, like I got nothing on Monday. But then you know, normal guys have work, or you know. But then with that said, I would say that of my close friends, and I'm just kind of doing like a roundup now. Like no one's got a normal nine to five job, so I'm a little bit lucky like that. Mm. Like, and because I think the nine to five Monday to Friday is slowly dying. Yep. Yeah, like we're we're coming to a place where. Monday to Friday, nine to five was the thing that we did in factories and whatnot. And I think factory work is slowly being taken over by the machines and we can all be released to just do really cool, creative, awesome work, like talking at weddings and making podcasts. Imagine imagine a world like 30 years from now, everyone will have a podcast. <laughs> have you heard my podcast? No, dude. <laughs> I have 10 million right now in pocket casts and you're at the bottom of that. <laughs> Go listen to my aunt's podcast first. <laughs> <laughs> the the podcast takes over the Christmas letter. Oh wow! Yeah, and like imagine Christmas dinner, like like grandma, like did you listen to my podcast? Not this week, but last week's podcast. And you're like, no, grandma, it's I don't like you that much. <laughs> the hip replacement episode was enough. <laughs> what is the most dangerous thing you've ever done? <laughs> I, um, see, like, because, because there's different elements of danger, like, mm-hmm. you can talk about, talk about physical danger, like, I was just in Maui a few weeks ago, and, uh, and Britt wanted to get a photo on this cliff edge, 
And like in my mind, like this is sudden death. Like I am so close to death right now. And Brit's your wife, my wife, yeah. yeah. And and so that felt really dangerous. But then when when you ask me that question, I think more about social things, mm. like more about um just relationships and whatnot, and like uh, you know. So I often think some of the most dangerous things I've done have been being really honest with my family, and I've got a terribly messy family, and. Uh, and because the normal thing in families is just put your head in the sand, like everything's okay. Um, and I decided I didn't want to do that anymore because there was a lot of unhealthy stuff. And so I think dangerously, I've kind of, you know, I've, I've spoken up about internal issues with my family, with, with those family members. And that's resulted in lots of, um, just lots of yuckiness because now no one, well, not no one, but many people, you know, didn't want to uh, talk about the elephants in the room. And so, you know, I think that's the probably the most dangerous thing I've done because there's people in my family that don't want to talk to me anymore because I'm the honest guy. What what impact is it, has that had on you where people in your family have cut you off? Uh, well, like at my wedding, all three mothers of mine weren't there. <laughs> you know, which is, sounds like a funny joke, but it, it's true. Um and and each for their own reasons, like like even my my dad's wife, his third wife, um, and she's lovely and she's great, but but she didn't come not because of honesty or because I was bad or we talked, but but because there's so much nagyakiness. She's like, yeah, I'll just kind of hang back and let all of that happen, like, like not in a mean way, but you know, mm. in a protective way. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I get that. Um, but then the other two mothers, you know, they probably should have been there, but for both of their own reasons of you know. Chose not to. Hell well, yeah. <laughs> we also didn't invite them. <laughs> <laughs> they chose not to come because the invitation never came. And, and, and that, that's all just to kind of preserve the sanctity of the fact that I think... Of, and this goes back to me being a celebrant. Like, I think weddings should be good. I don't think a wedding should be like... Um, cause you know how you hear about people with broken families and... And because I used to joke about it, like, oh, I can't wait to my wedding, and they're all in the same room, it'll be like a death match. And, and then when it came to my wedding, I'm like, that's the last thing I want it to be is a death match yep. of staring across aisles. And but this should be like, not, not only should me engaging in a marriage should be really good, and not only should the celebration of that be really good, but the community around you, the point where you engage in that marriage, they sh- it should be all like, how good is this? They have found someone that they don't hate. Wow, <laughs> you know that's that's really good, and so um so when it came to that moment where we got married, we thought, look, family politics is just all so messy. So I think we only had forty forty five people, and and thank you for coming. <laughs> I was delighted to be invited. In your time as a celebrant, have you had any of those crash car crash moments where someone? you know the death matches you could see it appearing yeah 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 um and there's two instances where that happens one of them is in a situation that i call playing weddings when a, when a couple are in front of me and i haven't realized up until this moment and it's the wedding day and it's like 3 p.m saturday and uh and they're playing weddings so they're not they're not celebrating marriage but they're playing weddings like teenage they're girls having the big show. they're having the big show like teenage girls in their bedroom when they're you know and they're playing with dolls like it's um because because that lacks authenticity and it lacks it's just, it's just it's just the game but that doesn't happen that often anymore with me because i'm fairly open and honest about what i do like i don't play weddings i celebrate marriage mm. um but uh 
look, sometimes life just gets in the way of of those things happening. I know I always remember a wedding where it was um, a storm had hit and the roads are blocked and wow. and so we'd lost electricity and the water in the place where we were had they the water was um, pumped water, so we'd lost water as well. And and so just by the seat of the, our pants, we got the battery operator PA, and we just the couple wanted to push on through, and because like yeah, they spend a lot of money and all that kind of gear, um, and so we kind of like the venue really they somehow pulled a meal out of their ass, and I, went, I don't mean that you know, authentically, but they figuratively speaking. figuratively speaking, they made meals appear without electricity and water, which I just don't know how they did that, and they managed to somehow keep a few beers cold, but as the night grew older. Um, and I don't always stick around for receptions, but this one I did. That asked me to MC the reception, and, uh, and the roads were blocked. And the roads were blocked as well. Yeah, that probably there's that. <laughs> um, and uh, the beers got warmer, and and because of storming and it's the middle of summer, like even though the rain would make it cooler, all the windows are closed, so it's actually really steamy inside, and the beers are getting warmer. And no one could stay at the accommodation on site, which is what the plan was. And so instead, um, everyone had to go. But there wasn't enough cars to get everyone home. And, and then all of a sudden, there's a bit of a fisticuffs. Because <laughs> oh. yeah, yeah, the thing with family is that there's you'll say things to family you would never say to anyone else. Like, you'll call family, you know, your partner or your people you're related to. You'll call them names. Or you'll say things and then you never say to anyone else. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's a place of honesty. But sometimes it's like, no, no, if that was a stranger, you would never abuse them like that. And then, of course, that escalates to a place where sometimes you'll fight. When you are interviewing couples, preparing them in, in you know, in the, the, the professional capacity that you need to, hmm. when you catch on that they are playing weddings... Do you try and counsel them around it, or do you call it and walk away? Uh, if it's if it's early, so if they haven't booked me, mm. um, and if they're playing weddings, I'll uh, I'll um, either try and communicate to them they should get someone else in a polite way, or I'm just might not be available. <laughs> um, oh, my calendar just filled uh, up. Sorry, <laughs> but uh, but if it happens later on, I'll. I actually ask, I, I, I counsel them through it and I say, look, um, hey, why are you doing that? Why are we why are we doing a hand fasting ceremony? Because not that I'm against hand fasting, not that I'm against pouring sand or I'm against tying the knots or <laughs> releasing doves or butterflies or having dad walk down Gosh, the you've aisle. you've seen all the things. Um, so I'm like, I'm not directly, well, actually, I'm against the animal things, but I'm not directly against all the others, but I'm like, I don't get it. I don't know why you do that. It doesn't mean anything to me. Um, so I'm asking you, what does it mean to you? Yep. Because if it, if it doesn't mean anything to you, if it doesn't mean anything to me, we should probably scrap it. And that's how I kind of coach them around it. Rather than saying, like, let's just do winning things, I'm saying, no, 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 let's celebrate your marriage. So I'm trying to bring them back. And sometimes that's an unrescuable situation. And because I'm in a commercial contract with them, like, I, I have Fulfill to... Fulfill your duties. I have to fill, yeah. So, you know, and that's just a, that's just a wedding I'm not proud of. So that's what life is. And, and the weddings aren't there for me to be proud of them. But damn, it's good if I can be. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, 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 the wedding doesn't exist for, like, Josh's pleasure. But if I can walk away from one like that was pleasurable, then that's really good. Where where do you find your place of peace? If you drive out to um, the end of the spit on the Gold Coast, so past Plaza Versace and um, is sea it, uh, SeaWorld and all that, and you get to the very end and there's the um, 
VMR, the Volunteer Marine, Marine Rescue and the Weather Station. You walk out along the spit wall there, the little breakwater, there's um, these massive big, uh, I guess they're three three square metres each side, these massive blocks that were poured onto the end of the breakwater to, to obviously break the actual water. And um, yeah, I just kind of sit there. I really, I like that. Mm. I like just... Um, I don't. It's, it's. I feel like it's such a developed world thing, like a such a white person thing, like just kind of sit on the end of the ocean. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like it there. So that's. Is it by uh, yourself or? Yeah, by myself. Yeah, yeah. I um, I for someone that like I still, I love spending time with friends and family and people and my wife and and I adore all that, but uh, I I really do need some time to myself. If it's not there, it's like a lookout. Yeah, I love lookouts. That's so white of me, isn't it? <laughs> Let me get to the top of a hill and just look at things that other people have built. <laughs> <laughs> those moments of solitude, those places of peace, are they about contemplation or are they about calming the demons? It's um nothing like there's there's no particular order to that. There's no like to do list. It's more um. A lot of my life is I'm, I'm on, kind of, kind of like in a way. Like if, if you're on TV, you know, there's like if you talk to anyone that's on TV or radio, um, you know, you like you're not you're not off, but when the mic goes on or when the camera's on, like, well, I'm on, and you got to be on. Mm. And a lot of my life is on, like, um, because it's not only for the ceremony, but it's the hour before the ceremony, it's the hour after the ceremony, it's all the meetings and the phone calls and the emails and etc. And so I'm on for a lot. So it's actually just about being off. It's just about just going and being off. And I, I know sometimes Brit will get upset with me because I, like, I've just been on for three couples on that particular day, and I'm mm. like, ha happy, taking selfies, woo! And I just come in the door, like, I've got, I've got no more on to give. I need to just be off. And and sometimes that's watching the colours on the box and then the lounge room move. Um, some people call it TV, <laughs> or whether it's. Uh, I, I like I like to read nonfiction books, or whether it's like to um to go for a walk, or to go to that lookout, or to the end of the spit, or even sometimes, and this is a bit weird, but I just like walking around shopping centres by myself, mm-hmm. just not ever purchasing anything. Um, so thank you retailers for providing some therapy <laughs> for just looking at things. So it's just to be off, and maybe that is coming demons. I don't know, um, and it's not really contemplation because I because I'm. I'm always contemplating, and I think that that's what makes me a good celebrant. Is I'm I'm just always, um, I'm thinking about what this couple's marriage means, who they yep. are, what that means. Think about what marriage means in a general sense. I'm thinking about like what would make them feel comfortable, what would make me feel comfortable. I'm just I'm, I think I overthink a lot, and and that obviously that extends to many other ideas and whatnot. I'm I'm always having a million ideas. So, yeah. do you take solace? in a crowd or do you feel lost in a crowd? Um, I often feel, I actually, because there's two versions of this, there's, you know, there's being inside a shopping center or a, you know, a music, you know, like a festival or concert. And I, um, I feel solace in that crowd of mm. strangers, but where I feel really lost is in a crowd of people that I kind of half maybe know possibly. Mm. Um, because of I've got somewhat of a profile, if only in a niche industry, but also from radio and I've done a bit of TV and I um I feel really lost in that crowd where everyone 
even if they don't know me personally, they at least know my role and they know my position in... Like, I'm talking about a wedding, so, like, I'm obviously yeah. the guy with the mic. Um, I, f- I feel most lost in there when I'm not talking. If I'm talking, then that's awesome because I'm in control. Like, I have the microphone. <laughs> it's very easy to be in charge when you've got the mic, isn't Absolutely, it? yeah. Um, but but in those moments when I'm in the crowd, like, and this can be, like, at a wedding industry open night or it can be in, um, yeah, I've felt it a few times, like, in Mulkies, for example. Like, mm. when there's a room of people like that are kind of half, maybe, no, kind of, maybe they know me. I don't know if they know me. Maybe I think they should. Maybe I don't know. And um, at that moment, I just want to, uh, and I, I haven't smoked for years, for, I don't know, decade, but I um, like I should love to go in the balcony for a smoke right now. That'd be great. <laughs> do you like to take charge? Yeah. Yeah, I I do. I um, like, like not in a control freak way, because I'm actually, I'm really not a control freak. I, I find solace in being led as well. But if if some other dick isn't going to stand up, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a great picture of you in in the like a, a an environment of war. Yeah. Just, everyone kind of looking around and just like, oh come on. Yeah, 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 and and I that's when I've been my most offensive. That's why I'm if I embarrass bread or something like that, it's because um. Like, we're all trying to find a restaurant. We're having bloody Mexican. <laughs> or or in, a, in a wedding and people are like, kind of like, no, this is what we're doing. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, so I'll take charge. And that, that comes from years of um, anchoring breakfast radio. Like, I've, someone's going to be the wheel. And if no one else is, I'll take the wheel. Like, I don't have to be in front of the wheel, but I'll take it. How glamorous isn't breakfast radio? Um, all of it. <laughs> Just the, yeah, we're all there for the money, um, and uh, you know, breakfast radio is. Um it's so different these days because we just don't have to listen to it. There was a time when, if you wanted to be connected to your the rest of your community, if you're on the way to work, then breakfast radio was your pretty much your only connection because there was no Twitter, Facebook, even newspapers. Like if you hadn't had a chance to pick up the newspaper, like like. But you could just flick the thing on your car as you're on the way to work and like download, kind of get that um get that yeah. daily download of what's going on. Uh, whereas um yeah today it's a completely different thing. So it's not that glamorous at all. It's it's just two you know unhealthy underslept people in a room that are that are trying to they're they're trying to do a few things. They're trying to fulfill a civic duty because that's that's what drew me to radio initially was that I felt the civic duty to you know, this is the news, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also this civic duty to kind of entertain, when that's the second thing you like, to kind of like put a smile on their face. And then also a duty to um, kind of the commercial people, your boss, the managers, the company, the advertisers, kind of like fill those things. And, and all of that trying to maintain sanity. And, and the only way you really maintain sanity is by playing a character of yourself. Like you're not actually yourself, you're playing a character of yourself. And and all of that is, you know, you also have to get up at bloody 3.30 this morning and so you probably haven't showered or whatever. You know, you, you look like shit. <laughs> so it's very unglamorous. And then, and then specifically in regional radio, once every second blue moon, someone famous on the call, like, is on the phone or is in person and, and it's glamorous for, like, 30 seconds and, you know, that's, that's as, glamorous as uh, glamorous as it gets. To contrast this, as a celebrant, you've... You mentioned you'd done a little bit of TV. Well, not only how glamorous was or wasn't that, but what was your experience in that, going on TV as a celebrant? 
Look, I've got to say the highlight was definitely the catering. There was fruit <laughs> and muesli bars <laughs> with a wide selection of bottled waters. Um, and uh, so, so that was pretty fancy. And... Uh, and it was really nice having someone else mic 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 me up and trying to find the right frequency. Like when I go to a wedding, I've got a portable PA and um, you know, portable amp- uh, public amplification system, and I've got to find the right frequency that you know, so you don't get a clear channel. So that was nice. There was an audio guy yes. who found the right frequency for me. Um, but TV is super unglamorous in that, uh, you know, what everyone saw me do on television in the TV show that I was on. Um, it's like I, I like. Do you remember how many? Like fifteen seconds. I don't know. Maybe Lots thirty of shots of the back of your head. Yeah, like maybe I might have had fifteen to thirty seconds of screen time, and yeah. I, and uh, and that was a full day on set. You know, um, and obviously there was other elements. So yeah, lots of standing and waiting. Yep, and yeah, and <laughs> really super unglamorous. And I, I was the least. Like I wasn't a star or anything. Like I no, you were there to perform the function. Yeah. Uh, to to be in that context, did yeah. you cop any heat from the wider celebrant community for selling out and being on TV? Sure, sure I did. Um, What's I, that about? I uh, there I, I feel that there's three camps of hate towards Married at First Sight slash me. I'm sure it wasn't personal. Married at First Sight is the TV show you were. Yeah, on. There, I'm sure there was there was a bunch of people that were. They did dislike me, but uh, there was um, there was the conservative groups who who just were afraid that the sanctity of marriage is being torn apart. Um, and that was your fault. That was my fault. And then there was the same sex community. Um, shout out to my friend Breco. God bless your soul, my friend. Um, he decided without knowing that I was involved that it was destroying the sanctity of marriage and that um, strangers could get married, but same sex people couldn't. The thing is, it's just a TV show. No one actually got married. And that was still your fault? That was my fault. And they didn't know. And and, and the thing is, with all of the... Like, whenever whenever we're trying to push a, an, an ideology like this, it's about um, it's about trying to find things you can hook onto. So, like, uh, see, I told you so. You know, support my issue. And I... And with that said, I completely... Like, I'm not only support same-sex marriage. I'm an advocate for it. Mm. Um, but it was... That was a little bit far-fetched. And then the third group was celebrants who... I'm... Um, Look, I I rattle I rattle a lot of you know, people in the celebrant community because I'm not even doing things differently, but I I have some different beliefs in what marriage is and what and how to celebrate that, and so so other celebrants that got involved, um, they just they've got a whole range of opinions and and a lot of that results in a lot of social media action, a lot of emails, but then it also resulted in um, in an investigation and I I lost some contracts and so. You know, it was it was a hard time. And look, for the money I got paid for that show, God, none of it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> none of it was worth it. Do you court controversy? <laughs> like apparently I do, but I, I I don't I don't wake up in the morning thinking who can I piss off, but but I I, I figure that anyone that's leading a pack um has to court controversy because because there's, there, there, there's there's only a few options when you're trying to build a business or trying to build a brand or build something else. You can um, you you can support the status quo, and say look within the status quo, I'm the best or I'm the cheapest or whatever it might be, um, or the most premium, and that's fine. But but I don't think like no one's really opening up a newspaper. Or opening up, well, no one's you know, opening a magazine and and seeing all these reports on the status quo, like you mm-hmm. know, 
um, a full page report on how things are just as good as they were ten years ago. <laughs> like like that, that's 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 not that's not going to get any print or any. You know, no one's going to talk about that. So so then to try and um, to try and build a brand and to actually earn a dollar and to try and shake some ground, I think you've got to court some controversy and and just question things like I. Because my whole my whole thing within the celebrant industry is, or the marriage, even just the the wider wedding industry is just to question things. I'm not saying we shouldn't walk down the aisle with your dad, but I'm just saying, hey, is it kind of weird that your dad's like not verbally saying, but physically kind of saying, look, I had sex with that lady over there in the front row a couple of years ago, made a child, and look, I'm gonna drag it in there and give it to you. Like here she is, I made a human. Um, <laughs> and, and other elements of the wedding tradition and just everything involved in that and so so yeah sure that's caught in controversy but I, I don't wake up in the morning trying to do it um, you know even this morning uh, before I recorded this podcast with you I I saw the front page of the local newspaper as I was getting a coffee and, um, and a young girl had passed away uh, her partner um had uh, violently abused her, yeah, and and she's passed away, which is extremely sad. And I've been kind of sitting on a thought for a little while about what what's that kind of what the relationship is between mm-hmm. um, not so much domestic violence, but also male privilege, because I think domestic violence and male privilege are fairly heavily linked. Like I, as a male, I've, I'm privileged to show you how to submit and be a you know, better wife, and then I think there's male privilege linked to wedding tradition. Um, uh, the whole thing is very male privilege You know, you're lucky to be my wife, that kind of thing, and I'll let you have a day of celebration. And so I kind of wrote a blog post about how I can see, like, a, it's, and, then I, and the title of the article was Drawing a Long Bow because I recognise that I'm drawing a long bow between m- marriage tradition and domestic violence. But I'm saying, look, maybe we can make some changes so that people are starting marriages um, without so much male privilege and a little bit more equality and union. And and I, I kind of wrote it, I published it, and I looked at it and I thought, oh, shit, I'm going to get in trouble over this. <laughs> Did you? No, it's, it's hours in. No one's really kind of... Um, no one's really hit me yet. I think I think I kind of saved myself by literally titling it Drawing a Long Bow. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that's that's I suppose that's how I operate in that community because I... Um, the status quo is, where is terrible. Like, I don't even want to be a part of the status quo of celebrants. I, I just don't want to be a part of that at all. What should never be questioned? The, the goodness of Nutella. Just... <laughs> uh, no, I, it's, I, I think question everything. Like, I... I, I even... And, and you can apply this to political things. I know, um, I know uh, amongst... Because I'm I'm of that age now. I'm I'm 34 this year, Malk. Um, and and uh, we 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 talk. We always talk about politics with all my friends. And so and my whole thing is I question everything and even my own views. Like I I really appreciate um, being on the phone to a friend and I'll kind of share a view on same sex marriage mm. or politics or war. And they'll say something like, "Oh, okay, cool. Actually, you know what? I think I just changed my mind." Or and maybe I won't admit it sometimes, like you know. But like having listened to them, I'll change my mind. I think we should be questioning everything. Again, religion, you know, um, uh, you know, purpose of life, the Bible stories, you know, and how they apply. I think, I think all of that needs to be questioned. Because if we, the second we stop questioning, then because the opposite of that is just accepting. And some guy decided something, and like, oh yeah, that'll do. And that's there's no fun in that. Are you sure? 
Yeah. But, you know, it's open for questioning. <laughs> what are you going to achieve in the next 12 months? Next 12 months? Um, this, is, uh, this, is, this is a strange thing. In the next 12 months, I want to achieve less. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, and look, hear me out. This year I'm celebrating 100 and... Actually, I think it just went up to 183 oh, marriages. Wow. Um, that's, that's a lot of marriages to celebrate. And, uh, but I'm, I've, and I'm, I'm thankful. Like, and, and I've got to be careful if anyone's listening and they're one of those couples. Like, I, I'm so thankful and grateful that you've invited me into your moments of celebration. And, and, that's, and, I'm, and I'll promise to bring my best. But... I can't see the long-term trajectory for 180 or so weddings a year being sustainable, um, particularly if we're, you know, like, like we're, and this is extending what we're trying to achieve, um, you know, house, family, you know, self-driving car, whatever. Um, <laughs> all, all of those things I don't think are uh, achievable if I continue at the rate I'm at. And so I want to do less winnings, but then it's, I've also kind of come to a place where I've got business costs. And so I've probably got to raise my price and do less weddings and, you know, but there's also, um, look, I come from a background of radio and I desperately miss doing things like this, talking to a microphone. So I want to do more podcasting and, you know, we're talking to, we're talking to a few people in the TV industry about different TV shows. And I don't know if I want to do that or not. Like the last one was really painful. It was a painful season, but yeah, I want to, achieve less while achieving more well that's extremely fair josh thank you for the things that you've shared with us today you are highly valued and and the things that you've shared are, are important to you and to others um what we we appreciate that obviously you're on twitter what other social accounts do you want to own up to uh i'm i'm trying to snapchat like i i don't really know what to do though so my username is celebrant on snapchat <laughs> and I, I i wish i could change that but i can't and then i think should i start a new account i don't it's all very confusing um uh, i'm also trying vine mm. i, I said this, this is this is a fault of mine I, I i love doing i like i love facebook and always have facebook i just i want to try new things so uh, i've got love i've published two vines and one of them is boring and one of them is kind of i thought it was quite hilarious but no one else got the joke um mm. so vine at joshua withers uh, Facebook, um, um, I've got my business page at Josh Withers, so you can check me out there. Uh, Instagram, um, um, I take a selfie at every wedding I do, so at Joshua Withers mm-hmm. on Instagram, um, and uh, I'm on app.net. Is anyone doing that still? <laughs> wow. Are we, are we still doing D- Diaspora? Is that a. I think I've got a MySpace account, um, dig.com. Usenet. I'm on Reddit at OneJosh. this has been humans of twitter and i can confirm that at joshua withers is indeed human